Everyone, welcome to the Bumbleberry Artist Spotlight. That's a weekly podcast where we bring on artists and talk about their life and their projects and what they've got going on and their history as artists and expose multiple communities to each other. And, you know, I'm sure everybody knows Jay and his collection, but for any of those who don't, Jay is the creator of the Heavy Metal Demons collection on Loop Exchange. It's so great to have you here. I'm so excited to chat with you about everything. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the community and tell everyone who you are? Well, I'm Jay slash Osmo, Heavy Metal Demons, write music, play the guitar, etc. You all know me and what I do. Let's um, let's just dive right in. Let's get started and talk about your artwork. So the artist spotlight. So we like to focus on your work and your collections. So the Heavy Metal Demons, let's go back to way before you started drawing Heavy Metal Demons and minting NFTs. How did you get started in art in the first place? It's a weird one. It's, it started with... Um, well, really, my partner, my girlfriend, is an artist, and I said to her, oh, we should make some NFTs, let's do demons or something. And I drew some crappy sketch, and she turned around and goes, oh, no, let's get an iPad, and I'll redo it for you. And she did, and yeah, I kind of went off that sort of thing. Like Her sketch wasn't the best, but I adapted it, and it was like a joint effort, if you know what I mean. Had you done art before drawing these demons with your partner? No, not at all. Really? Uh, school about pretty crap. Yeah. Interesting. So what prompted you to make art in the first place? I mean, I know you said your partner is an artist. Well, yeah, as you know, I'm the musician, so I, I just like writing music, but I figured that NFTs need some kind of artwork with it. You can't just paste a guitar picture with music, can you really? So we had to come up with a design and a concept to put it behind, so... So it kind yeah. of goes hand in hand. You're wanting to kind of get your music out there and yeah. you're using the art as just a platform to do that. Interesting. You need something, don't you? It's all branding at the end of the day. You need something behind what you're doing. So, Well, I think that's probably why music videos exist in general, right? If you want to deliver music to somebody via some sort of visual form, it's, you know, it's got to be at least engaging, entertaining in some way yeah. and not just, like you said, a, a picture of a guitar or something like that. Yeah, most big bands you think of, they've, they've all got some kind of logo, like Iron Maiden, for example, they've got the Eddie, haven't they? So right. Which one think of a figure to base everything off. Interesting. Okay. So tell us about music. Instead of drawing and, and things like that, you're a guitar player, right? How long have you been actually playing guitar and, and making music in any kind of professional capacity? Oh, recording-wise, maybe two years. I started playing about eight years ago. You just get better the more you practice like anything, so just keep going. Yeah, absolutely. So did you start out wanting to play metal? Is that kind of where you got started in your younger uh, years? No. Funnily enough, if you know Everlast, okay. what it's like. Yeah. The first song I ever learned, and I started on acoustic guitar. I didn't even have a guitar pick. I used a penny as a fucking pick. Classic. And then, yeah, it just kind of went from there. Got into Offspring, etc., punk rock, and... I got to the point where I realized punk's a bit crap. Well, it's not crap, but it was too easy. I wanted to expand and okay. that's I got into metal. <laughs> yeah, metal is crazy. It's yeah, like it's classical. an easy transition from punk into metal. I feel like there's a there's a lot of similarities there. I'm a huge fan of punk myself yeah. and, and metal as well. So I love punk, love it. But like I say, it's too repetitive. And once you feel like you push that boundary, you want yeah. to push yourself further. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of the same chord progressions, the same time, everything like that. So, yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying. So you say you've only been 
recording music for a couple of years. Did you start yeah. recording for your NFTs or have you been recording prior to that? I was in a band before this and all the other guys are, we have a complete art. Like, um, they, they didn't know how to use a computer or anything. It was just, yeah, we're going to do gigs. We're going to do that. And I kind of had the assets to record, etc. So I said, let's go down this and let's record an album. And the band went bad. So I just ended up going my own way start doing NFTs. It can be hard to keep a bunch of people together with the same goal, playing the same sort of music. And yeah, I definitely understand that. Yeah, it's difficult. People don't realize with a band, it's, you're not just trying to write music together. You've got to keep the bond going together. And as soon as there's one issue, it just kind of blows everything up and it just goes out of proportion. That kind of thing can definitely fall apart quickly. Let's continue talking about your music history here. When you're making music, you work with someone currently, right? Because I know the yeah. song that, that we worked on, there was another guitar player involved, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, it goes back to the band. After the band broke up, me and the other guitar player were best friends. He has no idea when it comes to NFTs or anything like that. But I told him, right, we've got a project here. I've set my wallet up on his phone. And I said, right, I'll write the rhythms. You do the solos. So pretty much every solo you've heard so far was him. And yeah, we just worked together on pretty much everything. It comes every Wednesday and Friday and we just jam out and write new shit every week. Very nice. Yeah. How often are you releasing new songs and things like that it's a very timely process i'm not gonna lie we're working on one at the minute which we wrote in the band but the recording process it just takes so much time because one imperfection you gotta redo everything again and it's a nightmare i don't have a lot of experience in audio production myself but i can tell you from from having to edit podcast audio before yeah. publishing i can tell you it's it's a lot more in depth and, and a pain in the ass than i thought it would be it takes so much longer to edit and make it sound good than it does to actually talk to the person and or, or, or in your case would be to actually come up with the idea and play the song, right? You have to put it all together. Yeah. Oh, you don't understand. When it comes to recording a song, it's like literally I'll play the same thing over about 20 million times just to get the one good take. But the time is going through every single take you've done just to find the right one that fits. Yeah, it's a nightmare. It's like, can you remember when um, I was doing the audio for you and you said, oh, can you just make this bit sound um, or make it phase out or something? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I can. I was like, fuck's sake, it must have taken me about, I don't know, two, three hours just to get oh, the right so one. I'm so sorry. I didn't know it was going to be that much of, a, of an issue for you. No, it's fine, dude. It's, it's all in the process. Yeah, well, see, that just goes to my uh, my basic lack of understanding of you know audio processing and, and things like that, so... It's definitely a skill set and an environment that not a lot of people have experience in. Because even if you play guitar or play an instrument, right, chances are that you've not, you know, tried to record something and make it sound like it's professionally done. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine all the intricacies that would go into something like that. It's a nightmare. I, I wish I had like a sound tech guy just so I could do my demos and like, right, make it sound good. Just well, send it off to nah. the sound tech guy and have him yeah. handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see Miso's here. You can do it, Miso. Do my sound tech shit. He's amazing at that. Let's kind of move from music into your your thoughts on NFTs. You made this collection in order to get your music out there. What would you say was sort of the biggest barrier for you or a roadblock that you encountered whenever you started developing this collection? What did you encounter along the way that you had issues with? 
I don't know. It's a weird one. When, when I started, it was, you know how Loopring used to be? It was crazy. There was mm-hmm. auctions going on everywhere, and everyone was hype as fuck, and new collections were dropping. And it bummed me out a bit when the community kind of died. Well, it didn't die, but it just fizzled off, and everyone disappeared, and I'd feel like, oh, I'm writing this. It's dope, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. It just didn't sell. I don't know. The community just kind of went. And it was difficult, but I just thought, fuck it, I've got my buddies here. I'll keep going, keep writing, whatever. If it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I, I don't care. It was more the fun of creating that kept me going with the NFTs. Oh, that's amazing. I feel like that's really what people want to see from creators. They want to see them continue to be creative and continue to, to do what they love to do. And then put that work out for, for the community to support them in doing that. I, I feel like that's sort of the core of the entire Loopring L2 community. The other thing that was a bit bumming was, um, remember when GameStop first came out, like, it was, oh, if you're not a GameStop creator, that we're not going to support you, we don't care because you're not going to get on GameStop. I was like, it, it did bum me out a bit at first, but then right. it got to the point where I was like, okay, I'll just keep going regardless. If people like my shit, they'll like it. If they don't, they don't. As someone who, who is on the GameStop NFT marketplace, I can say that I think everybody felt the effects of the crypto winter the same. It might have started a little early uh, in the Loopring community yeah. because the whole GameStop NFT marketplace came out and there was a big sort of exodus from Loopring Discord yeah. into you know individual creator discords and the community kind of became less of a cohesive entity. So yeah, everyone was affected in the community it wasn't you know just people on loop ring but i do understand what yeah. you what you mean when the sentiment sort of changed yeah it did. and yeah people weren't as excited for projects that weren't announcing their participation uh, or announcing that they've been approved right but i feel like a lot of that has sort of gone away you know i mean loop exchange yeah, at this point I is agree. is doing just as good well nearly just as good as the gamestop nft marketplace is I feel like there's probably more wash trading that's happening on the marketplace, but you didn't hear yeah. that from me. Uh, I agree with you, dude. I think this all brings <laughs> a lot on GameStop. It's fucked. Well, I, I know you you applied quite a few times, didn't you? Dude, I've applied every time, so now I've got to the point where I just fucking troll them on Twitter. <laughs> I was going to ask you about it, because I've seen some of the, I don't want to say hate messages or whatever, but just, yeah, just general trolling. Yeah, but, um, they are hate messages, fucking dude. <laughs> I just, uh, I've seen some of that, not only from you, but from other creators as well, who've kind of been struggling to get approved for whatever reason or another. Uh, I think a lot of the, a lot of the creators who had IP issues, so they make like superheroes and stuff. Those were so yeah. huge before and they kind of not being able to get on the marketplace kind of really hurt them, I think. But we are seeing some turn of that. I don't know. There's so many good creators on Loopring still that have just been shunned to the side. And a lot of them have quit as well just because they didn't get onto GameStop. But it's like, GameStop's not the end game at the end of the day. If, if you like what you're doing, just keep going. Fuck it. Yeah, and it's it's also something to note that Loopring is not the only blockchain out there. It's not the only L2. It's not the only one doing ZK. It's the best one, though. Well, yeah, absolutely. I would agree as well. Yeah, If you feel like community isn't isn't there to support you where you are i mean just get metaboy for example he's on stacks now and apparently doing pretty well so fuck that. yeah there's a there's a place for everyone it seems fuck that guy he fucking rubbed me so he's a prick yeah well um 
you want to talk about that or is that something yeah you, you can do if you want those who don't know the rockstar metaboy was my collab and he basically said to me um how much do you want and i said i normally charge 50 percent, which normally this is what i charge but i realized he was big time etc so i was expecting to maybe cut it a different way kind of thing and as soon as i said maybe he goes oh no no i'm not doing that and a few hours later out of spite in my mind he dropped the rockstar metaboy with no audio and he came in another discord trolled me and said um my music wasn't art, said that I was trying to piggyback his project. What else did he say? Oh, I can't remember when that was a while ago, but yeah, that, that's the gist of it. He was, is a dick. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. There, there are those in the community that there's always going to be a few bad eggs to make the rest of us, you know, to bring the rest of us down, trying to do things the right way. Yeah. You know, as someone who owned the Rockstar Metaboy, I was pretty upset when I found out about that. Just gonna say, yeah, it's one of the things. It's like when we had a collab, didn't we? We we mm-hmm. discussed how payments gonna be, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh yeah, fifty-fifty for a collaboration is is expected. It's almost exactly. something you don't even have to talk about because unless one party wants to change it, that's pretty standard procedure. Yeah, exactly. And I think because he was a big project, I was like, no, I won't charge fifty-fifty. That's why I said I normally charge this. Right. And with that, for him, like, no, no, I'm not doing that. And it was kind of the drama that came after that him coming in uh, what was he called from a monte cristo those um ai nfts with the, uh, the skull yeah that's right yeah came in there and called me out and i was just like what the fuck is this guy saying what prick and i think after that a lot of the community just pied him off as well i know redbeard did yeah redbeard is a great member of the community really appreciate yeah, having him around so tell us kind of what you have going on in the future right let's let's talk about what's to come what are you working on right now i'm sure you're working on music and will you be releasing an entire album at any point are you still going to just do the 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 one song at a time sort of style what are your Um, plans there you say that right because i don't know if you're aware but we're gonna have a baby soon so my uh, project partner is dude the guy that comes and writes the solos from the band days, we've got about six songs ready. So we're going to try and release an EP. So at the minute, we've nearly got another song complete, but I don't want to release them as ones anymore. I want to release the EP, which is going to be six songs. But at the same time, we're doing Heavy Metal Demon Series 2, which I've reached out to as many, well, everyone that I've collaborated with in the past. I've given them a design and I want them to draw their own take on it kind of thing. That's going to be the Series 2, which want to release, and then as well as the EP. But we've also got Playable Demons, courtesy of a Wankman, I mean Tankman. Yeah, I saw those. You're in the, um, what is the, um, the Hootieverse, right? Yeah, yeah, I love the Hooties. Big up to them. They're top people, all of them. Yeah, absolutely. They're super long-time members of the community, and don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. No, I don't. And I love the fact that the Hootieverse has literally brought all the L2 back together. It's like everyone who's still here who's a creator, they've had the opportunity to join in, get the asset turned into a playable character and into the Hootieverse. And no one else is doing that. It seems like at the minute everyone's out for themselves, but Hooties are just bringing everyone together again. It's awesome. Yeah, I feel like Looper Island is really accomplishing a lot in that aspect as well, just kind of bringing the community back together and, and getting them excited for what's to come. Oh, yeah, Looper Island is dope, dude. 
Yeah. Have you, have you got an island on there, yeah? I have, yeah. I, I think you do as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I'm super excited. We might be getting pretty close to uh, open beta. Closed beta is here already, so it's pretty exciting. But yeah, projects like that, you know, like the Hootieverse and Looper Island, I really feel like that just shows the best of Layer 2 on display, right? Because you get greater integration, like you said. You've got your demon in there. I saw Nancy's big mug in there the other day. So yeah, it's it's just amazing to see the community come together and creators and projects who have the means to make the Hootieverse and Looper Island and things like that, going the extra mile for creators like us, right? Who maybe don't have the means or, or the time to put into developing something like that. So it's, yeah. it, I think it's really important for the community and I'm super excited for it. Me too. It's just great because like I said, it brings everyone together again. Kind of reminds me of the good old days on Loopering when it was everyone together in one place. And this is how I feel with Looper Island and Hooties. It's just bringing it back again. Yeah, and there's also been a lot of a lot of people moving into spatial lately, having 3D parties in spatial and doing things like that. So I feel like as we move forward into into the deeper part of this year, things are going to get really interesting as far as what's available for the community to participate in and what's available to bring all of those people together and merge what is now a conglomeration of individual creator communities back into mm. this like solidified hole that is loopering L2 like we had before, which I want that. I know you want that. A lot of people want that. It's just nobody really knows exactly how to get back there. So no, oh, we can try. We can all just plug Twitter constantly. Yeah. Elon Musk on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah give Musk to buy a uh, buy loopering and then <laughs> build that. Build the Twitter 3.0 on Loopring. Send oh, yeah. I'll send a message. You'll see what happens. <laughs> I'll give a shout out to Pickled Eggy for doing all the artwork as well, because he's a boyo. Well, not all the artwork, but the collaboration shit, like Odd News, one of the side projects. And most of the side projects that I do is with Pickled Eggy. It's interesting you bring that up. So a lot of your your satirical work, like the, the most recent Greta Van Thurnberg NFT that you released, <laughs> How did you come up with the idea to start making those? Was it just like something random that you made one day and you decided you were going to put it out? Or how, how did that happen? Uh, it's basically me and Aggie, right? We're bros. And we just talk a lot of shit to each other. And yeah, it was like, oh, we, we should make some comedy sort of NFTs rather than everything so serious. This is this project. This is that. And uh, you remember the uh, Sam Bankman bullshit that happened uh-huh. FTX? Eggy sent me an NFT that he started drawing. I was like, dude, I could do an audio to that. And he was like, do it. We should write lyrics. And it kind of just stemmed from that. So we did that one, which is quite controversial. Uh, I got called a misogynist body shamer <laughs> for that NFT, I think it was. I could not stop laughing when I saw that NFT. Like, I think I messaged you shortly after I saw it. And I'm like, dude, I can't unsee this. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and man. I still can't. Like, I see it in my head. It's burned into my memory. I'll never unsee it. But, it, uh, I mean, I it, it served exactly the purpose that you created it for, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, oh, a, a satirical masterpiece, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Perfectly exactly. timed as well. Like, you guys put that out so quickly after the FTX thing. You guys did that so yeah. fast. And I was like, oh, my God. This is like, it's like Sunday morning yeah. cartoons, man. Like, 
<laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. We done like I, I love that shit. Like you know me, I'm I'm controversial. I just like making people laugh. Some people got offended by it, but fuck them. I mean, that's and comedy then, in general, man. You're never gonna please yeah. everyone. Man, it's like Ricky Gervais. That's why I love that guy. Yes. Like everyone, you can't please everyone. Fuck them. You can't. If you make some people laugh, you're laughing. Yeah, I mean, if, if you make half the people laugh, you're still doing something good. You know, you're you're enriching people's lives. And, and you know, grow. there is there's definitely a place in society for satire, and I feel like there's too little of it in our world right now. Yeah, everyone's too busy trying to get offended by everything at the minute. And it's like just chill the fuck out, have a laugh. Fuck it. It's all about you know letting everybody live their own life and kind of laughing at the at the small things because exactly you, you won't make it through this world if you though. if you can't laugh at the at the small things. Exactly, mate. I agree with you completely there. Well, uh, so we do have a, a couple community questions here. Tankman asks, "Would you consider creating an NFT exclusive band with just creators?" A great question. Yeah, I would. I'll, I'll be more than game for that. That'll How would awesome. that kind of thing work exactly? Like now that we're talking about it, what what would you need from someone who wanted to do something like that? I think we'll need the alpha guy, which basically writes the song kind of thing. And then once I've got that, I could write some rhythm to it or whatever. Which I know Miso's in here, so we need Miso to fucking do that because he, he's a far better musician than me. He's a, he's a better musician than anyone I've ever met. Oh, he is. <laughs> he's so humble as well, though. He's such a nice dude. But yeah, I'd be game for that. I think we should do it. We need to find the NFT musicians and just come up with something. I mean, that, that would be amazing. I know a lot of times uh, during COVID, you would have like, online jam sessions where the guitarist would make a riff and he would send it to the bassist and the bassist would make his part and then send it on to the you know and at the end you had like this full song with all these different parts and you send it to the mix or to the audio producer who'd mix it up make it sound like a full song you know i know that there were a lot of songs developed during covid like that so that might be something to think about i mean you give me a great idea now we need to do this shit yeah man just make it happen that sounds amazing I would offer to participate, but I'm I'm terrible at every instrument I've ever. I own a ton of them, but I, I don't. I'm not good at any of them. <laughs> yeah, can you rap? Or can you just scream? That's all we need. Oh man, I can cowbell. That can be my role. Yeah, that's something. I can I can cowbell. triangle. special. So, let me ask you about your thoughts on NFT utility. I try to bring this up and ask the creators that come on the show. There's kind of been push for utility in NFTs. Your NFTs are a little bit more immune to that kind of thing, since you do have yeah. you know, music associated with them. But has your community been asking if you're going to make a game or any of this kind of stuff? Because I know that's a big thing right now is you know everybody's making metaverses, everybody's making games, everybody's trying to provide some form of utility to their holders that didn't yeah. exist previously. It's a weird one for me because the utility kind of is the music and the way I see it with, well, for now, I'm releasing full songs as such. So picture you go into a store, you buy a CD, a special edition CD, you get the special edition one, don't you? If you get the NFT, you get the special edition of the song, if you know what I mean. It's a weird one. I see people trying to push for it because everyone before is like, oh, I like the artwork, I like the artwork, etc. But... Artwork's not enough anymore. They need the next thing, but 
Right. I've always been kind of one step ahead with that because you've got artwork, but then you've got the audio with the artwork. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, that's why I say you know your collection is probably a little bit more insulated from that than some others. It, it's interesting that even you kind of have had that experience where people are mm. are kind of expecting more than than just what it is, right? This is why I reached out to Tankman. He was a legend because he brought the demons to life and turned them into the playable characters, which you see now. And when he showed me the model, I was just amazed by what he'd done. It was fucking awesome, to say the least. I'm a longtime fan of Tank and his work. So tell us more about what you have planned for the future. You know, we talked about possibly doing an album, possibly doing a band. You know, got the Hootieverse stuff going on. What songs are you working on right now? Like, are you working on a new a new collaboration with Pickle, or what does your daily task right now look like? Right at the minute, I've got to write audio for a buddy, which I'm not saying his name because it's top secret, but he's he, he's in the chat right now or he's listening right now, Ooh. and I've started it, but that's all I can say. Eggie's a useless prick, and we need another odd news. You fucker, can you hear me, Eggie? Odd news, two or three. Yeah, I'll second. That's I'll second out. that. Not not the part about him being a prick, but the the other part. <laughs> no, he's a prick. He's prickled eggy. Prickled eggy. Okay. All right. Fair enough. As for the music side, like I said, me and my buddy were working on the EP, so that's going to be six songs on an album, and we're going to do an NFT version of it for like, well, you guys, obviously. And it's also going to be on iTunes, Spotify, everything else. It's like, a, I don't know if you saw it, but last we released was Obliterator, which was a collaboration. Or Hook did the artwork for it, and we wrote the song. But that's basically the demo version of it. That's going to be on the album as well. And that's what we're pushing for at the minute, a full NFT album. A real album, not techno bullshit, which is on GameStop. Okay, so I'm looking through some of the other collections that you had. You know, so you have Gator Ozzy, the Holiday Specials, and then Big Debbie. Yeah, man, you just reminded me we need to do an Easter holiday special. That'll be the next one. There you go. Well, uh, Gator Ozzy's that was my uh, partner. Uh, oh, obviously, you know my dog's Ozzy, and she came over to me one day. And goes, oh, I've drawn this, and I was like, dude, that's fucking awesome. I'll turn it into an NFT. She's like, no, 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 just. I'm just enjoying drawing at the minute. I was like, no, that, that's fucking dope. We can turn this into a collection. Let's get Aussie out there. And it's quite popular. Yeah, I, I've had a couple Aussies. I had a stack of them at one point. I've been giving them out in the Rumbles and here and there to, to people in the community. So there, I know a few of you out there have, have Aussies in your wallet hanging out, being good boy. With Aussie as well, we tried, because it was just a side project kind of mm-hmm. thing. That's why we kept the mint so long. I think we kept it like five loop ring per mint, because I'm not down to making massive money out of people at all. That's why I just keep the mint prices so low, just so anyone that likes it can get it under a dollar kind of thing. And when you do release, how long do you, do you normally uh, see it taking for, like your latest odd news? How long did that take that to sell out when you dropped that? Great one, I think it was two days. The Bankman one was three days, I think. Hootieverse Tank one was about two, three weeks, but that's only the early birds. We've still got a load more in the stack, but we're waiting for Hootieverse to release completely, and then that's going to drop the rest of them. Oh, but nice. we only have 
29 left, I think. And uh, will you be adding other assets to your Hootieverse character? Like, are you going to do different hats and there may be a different sword, like arm attachment, different wings or something, maybe? Is that is that in the plan or is it just going to be the one model? Depends how much I bribe tank, to be honest. Well, see, that's I don't have a lot of inside knowledge about what's going on in the Hootieverse and the behind the scenes development of, of these assets. So I wasn't sure if, if that's something that you guys had planned and talked about uh, already. I know it would be super cool, you know, maybe get some uh, wings that are on fire yeah. that you can like unlock as a, like a quest in the game or something cool. I don't I'm know. game for that. Like anything goes, but at the minute I just feel privileged that they've actually taken my project on board with the thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so no, I, absolutely. I don't want to push him. Well, I do. I, I love winding Matt up. The um, creator who is, <laughs> he's it's one of my boys, but I, I just love trolling him. It's one of my side hobbies. Yeah, he's uh, kind of a staple of L2 at this point. Been around for such a long time. Can't really, uh, can't really think about L2 without thinking of that collection. So tell us about Big Debbie. What's the deal with Big Debbie here? Fucking Big Debbie. I think I was one of Eggy's trolls, to be fair with you. It was, we've got the demon project, and one day he goes to me, oh, why don't you make Big Debbie or some shit? And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he sent me it, and I was like, Dude, what the fuck? That, that's just one of the other side projects that we've got, which we're going to do more with. It's kind of, if you've got the original one, you'll get airdrops in the future, but I know Eggy is so busy at the minute now as a game store, lame stop creator. So mm-hmm. I don't yeah. like winding him up on too much because I know he's got a lot on his plate at the minute. Well, you know, I feel like De- Big Debbie would go uh, really well along this other, uh, this other 3D model in the Hootieverse. Dude, I'll make that I'm happen. Have you seen the, um, the Gengen models? I haven't, no. The, the, oh, the two-legged ass demons. <laughs> no, I have not seen those. I, I've, I've seen the artwork, but I've not seen any kind of 3D models that's been developed about, uh, around yeah. those. I, was, I said this to Tank earlier. We need these as rideable mounts for the demons. <laughs> I, I'm going to pursue it. It's going to happen. Tank, do it. Make it happen. I'll pay you. Rideable butt mounts. Sounds like that a plan. reminds me of. Uh, do you remember Cow and Chicken, the TV show from back in the day? Oh man, I haven't, I haven't heard that in a long time. Do you remember the de- the demon on it or the devil on it? He used to like hop on his ass, didn't he? <laughs> That's what we need. Man. We need funny shit in the Hootieverse. You got a pretty good memory. Got all about that show. Oh, dude. Yeah, that's what I mean. I like making people laugh because everything's so serious at the minute. So if we can just make funny shit happen all the time, more people are going to go for it. I completely agree. Like I said, the, the odd news collection drops that you've done, those have kind of yeah. been just sort of like a light in the darkness, right? Like just, just like something amazing that just comes out of nowhere um, that we all know that we need but no one's going to say, hey, you should make this. <laughs> Satire is, is so necessary in the community, I think, you know, society in general. But I think it's more okay. Too many people are scared to say what they really think because they'll get judged. Do you know who Beeple is, the 3D artist? No. I think he has the highest NFT sale at like 89 million, something like that. Don't quote me on that. But, but anyway, he, that, that's what he does. He does satirical 3D artwork. And, you know, during the FDX thing, like he, you know, he made a piece of uh, about like showing SPF completely obese and naked 
trampling like <laughs> across a city of people like it's but yeah that's what he does that's his entire thing like he has like such a big following and he has so much money that he doesn't have to care that if somebody gets upset or offended about what he's the message that he's saying in, in the piece that he's releasing and you know he's one of the most popular artists on the internet right now i feel like so that should tell you something about kind of the state that our society is in where anything anything satirical and funny like that is just sort of people just yearn for it but that's what we need though because everyone just takes themselves too seriously nowadays it's like why there's no need crack a joke fucking say something offensive people will laugh they don't laugh fuck them someone's laughed at least it's I, I do have a very dark sense of humor though sometimes that's what we need I feel like you should continue making odd news. I love it. I haven't heard anything bad about it. I would definitely encourage you to keep making these. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I, just for, for my own sanity, if nothing else, like please just keep making them because I love seeing them. You know, especially when you guys get them out so soon after the event happens. I know it's hard to do to be sort of current and trendy like that, but yeah, it was so funny to see the Greta thing on the news, and then what is it, like a week after that, or something like that, you guys put the NFT out? Oh, yeah, I think it was like two, three days, and yeah. Aggie, look, you say, you know, have you seen this shit with Greta? I was like, uh, no. And I had a look on the news, and I was like, oh my god, that's great. And within like a few hours, it sent me the picture of Greta with two cops next to it, and I was like, fuck yeah, right, let's do the audio. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. Yeah, I feel like you guys could do like a SDB bank thing right now where everything's falling yeah. apart with them i've said this well i haven't said it yet but Eggie, you listen now Eggie. we need to do the fucking bank crash yeah that's the next one yeah yeah Let's you gotta do, do something about it Get fuck your GameStop shit odd news is the future yeah and you know it's sad but there's no way that that's going to get approved on GameStop if you try to mint it there oh fuck GameStop, mate I, i'm not getting moderated by them pricks I would love to see it there, but I know that there's no chance of that kind of thing being approved. That's why I think I haven't been approved yet, because the demons there, um, I wouldn't say they're scary or anything, but there's like brains and guts and other bollocks on there, which GameStop who are like, oh no, we, we can't yeah. have that. That's probably a pretty accurate assumption of what what's going on with that. Yeah. Honestly though, like if you could get a pixel artist to make you uh, pixel versions of these demons, they would approve it in a second. So. Oh, dude, this already happened. It was, um, what's he called? Demon Dio. Yeah, he's on there, and we had a collaboration, and he turned one of my demons into a pixel one, and they didn't sell out, but they, they did okay. But at the same time, I was just like, nah. I'd rather be true to myself than have to sell out, if you know what I mean. No, no offense to you GameStop people, but I'd rather do what I want to do and not be moderated. Yeah, I, no, I completely understand. I mean, I don't make anything controversial, so like, I don't have to worry about that. But like, if I was making controversial art, then yeah, I probably wouldn't even want to be on GameStop Marketplace, just because it's so restrictive. I don't know. I, I'm weird, mate. When it comes to um, me, picture South Park and how controversial they are, that is my sense of humor down to a T. Oops, hey, just rip on the latest thing, fuck it. Hey, I like it, man. Like I said, we need those type of people in in, in, yeah. in this world. We absolutely do. Do you have any plans to draw anything other than the demons that you've drawn? Are you drawing anything right now, or are you just focused on music and doing the collab? 
at the minute it's mainly music because like I say with the, the baby on the way it's time schedule kind of thing and right. I can't really be playing loud music when there's a kid involved so at the minute my goal is to write as much music as possible get it ready and then when baby's born I can just focus on the artwork side of it more because obviously no music no noise etc so that's the way it is for me at the minute well as an artist I would say that you have some time to draw something I'm sure that your community would love to see it. I love seeing all the awesome collabs and the, and the music that you come out with, but I feel like you should flex your drawing muscle a little bit more too. Yeah, I know what you're saying, man. I, I struggle at the minute because trying to draw and do the music at the same time is a massive toll. No, I definitely understand. The artwork's going to be better. So the latest one that I was pretty proud of, which it was the Slayer Demon. But it was a different version of it, which I drew. And it, God, it must have taken about 14 hours, I think, all in all, just to finish. That's a long time. Yeah. It's a um, big effort. When it comes to the artwork side, I'm very OCD. One texture looks wrong or one line looks wrong, I'll redo it, etc. No, I definitely understand that. I mean, that's why I work in Vector and stuff like that, primarily. You know, I want to be able to... I want to be able to move and correct the mistakes as I make them yeah. instead of having to, you know, erase the entire thing and then try and recreate oh, it. So. Not so many times on Procreate, so I draw in something, but not added another layer to it and just fucked it up. And then I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, you have to erase oh, the whole thing because you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it makes me want to cry at times. You know, I really feel like there will soon be another step up in creative tools as AI gets more implemented. I oh, call it AI, AI. M- machine learning. Hey, have you seen the AI music lately? So you don't like AI at all? Like the art AI, the generative chat AI, any of that? Some aspects I can appreciate, but I don't know. I hate the facts at the minute. Like for me, example, I write music. Mm-hmm. AI can now write music for someone. They'll just type in a few keywords and it'll write something better than any human can play. And it's like, well, what's the point? It becomes too robotic. Where's the art anymore, if you know what I mean? I, I do know what you mean, because as an artist, PD artist, it's hard for me to scroll through the Midjourney Discord and see all the amazing work that I know. If I was to try and generate something similar... It would take me not only the time to learn that medium, right? So probably painting and like Photoshop or something like that, right? That's usually, you know, how those are, are done or, or rendering it in like something like Octane or whatever, right? It would take me probably 50 to 100 hours to learn that and recreate that work. And even then, yeah. I, I'm not confident that I would be able to make it as good as the AI just did in the 30 seconds I sat here and waited for the prompt to generate, right? So as a 2D artist, a lot of times I'll look at that and it makes me not want to try. So I don't know if you um, feel the same way, but, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, the be- what's the point, happened. right? Like, why should I even try to, to get that good when some kid who's never picked up a paintbrush can just... Think of it in their head and then, you know, ask the AI for it and it becomes a reality. I know exactly what you're saying. Like, my my best advice I've ever had when it came to music was, um, believe it or not, my old boss, he's an amazing guitarist. In in England, we've got um, university, et cetera. And if you're that good on the guitar or any instrument, you get a scholarship. I think he placed eighth 
which she had to place in the top five to get the scholarship. But either way, that puts it into perspective for you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the advice he gave to me was, it's not the perfections that you make which make you an artist, it's the imperfections. And those words have stuck with me throughout my life. And literally, any imperfections I hear in anything or in artwork, etc., it just makes me feel that's human and that's how it should be. It's a good point. There you go. Me so agrees. He knows what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, we we all kind of strive for perfection, but as humans, we're it's unattainable for the most part, mm. and we have to learn to accept the flaws, right? And it's yeah. it's hard to do though. It's hard to accept something when you feel like it, it could be better, right? But exactly. But too perfect. You're robotic. Like um, yesterday, you know yeah. the new song I was telling you about. That we're writing at the minute. Uh huh. We double-tracked it, so he, he played his same part twice. And I was drunk as fucking stoned. I deleted his extra riff by accident without realizing. And he goes, whoa, what the fuck have you done? So, all right, play it back. And we played it back, and he actually goes, oh, I thought one take was actually better than the double take. And I agreed with him, and it, it just shows you that the imperfection or the fuck-up just pays off in the end. Yeah. A lot of things in, in history have happened that way. Scientific discoveries happen because somebody spilled something on something else, and they're like, oh, well, that worked. <laughs> yeah, that's how Game Game was born. Yeah, so you never know where inspiration and cool stuff is going to come from, that's for sure. One last question before we go. We, do, we, are, we are wrapping up and getting to the 60-minute mark of the show, but you know, I, I do want to kind of dig into your thoughts on AI a little bit more because it's sort of a technological evolution that we're going through right now where yeah. people's jobs are going to change every every tool every website everything is going to be have machine learning and ai implemented into it i mean that's just that's just how it's going to go like there's no stopping yeah. it at this point no. society is going to change because of that and you know how do you think that that's going to exactly affect people wanting to buy and support actual artists and not art that's been generated yeah i I don't like ai at all when it comes to artwork i I see art as a form of what a human can produce not what a robot can produce from human thought it's like if you can draw it follow what you can do but ai just takes all the fun out of it because ai is always going to be perfect it's always going to look so much better than what anyone else can do but at the end of the day, it's any idiot with some imagination can just write it down and just get it made. Yeah. I agree with that. I like to see what people can produce as a person. Like, for example, well, who we got in the chat at the minute? We've got, we've got Tank Man. We've got Pickled Eggy. We've got Akuma. Look at all the fucking artworks that they can do. And they are all completely different, but they are all, all unique to that person. Mm-hmm. AI, it's going to be perfect regardless but we don't want that we want to see everyone else's perspective of what they can do you know there there are some that would say that the ai is just a tool like photoshop right for example creating graphic designs in the 40s the process was a lot different and a lot more intensive right you had to like layer the things out on a big drafting table right and i mean that's how like marketing and ad ad copy and all that stuff was done and then, you know, when computers came out, you had digital tools to make those jobs easier. 
And yeah. I'm sure that you, if you had talked to some of those people that did that job before Photoshop came out, they may have, you know, had something similar to say about Photoshop. Whereas, yeah. you know, like, oh, well, yeah. anybody who uses that isn't an actual artist or isn't this or that. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's like a social sentiment more than... No, because I think with Photoshop, there's still some human interaction there. But with, with AI, you're taking the human interaction out and it's, it just feels more robotic than anything else. I see. I haven't really made up my mind about it yet. Play around with it. Generated a few things with it. It's honestly, uh, it's kind of akin to magic at this point, because our understanding of it is so limited, it seems almost impossible, some of the things that it can do. So yeah, it's definitely going to change everything. Just, I, don't see, I don't see a way where it's not going to be implemented into every facet of our society before you know, the next five years is over. Uh, it's a tricky one, but what yeah. happens, happens is they will adapt and change to it. Yeah, that's true. I mean... Even if some some jobs are eliminated, others will be generated by the new way of doing things. It's just always how it goes. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how AI changes everything in the future, especially with art, because there's a big push right now to develop counter AI tools that will tell you if an image is generated by AI. No, they tell though. Well, I mean, in the future you won't be able to. It will be so good. All the artifacts will be gone. All of the it'll be able to do fingers and hands perfectly you won't be able to tell with the naked eye. You'll have to put it through a forensics tool of some kind to scan the pixels and everything and tell you if it's likely generated by AI or not. We'll just have to go opposite, though. We'll have to make things worse than what... (laughs) Just start putting out a little like... Hey, that might work, man. We'll uh, we'll fight on the other way, right? (laughs) We'll counteract it. There's always a way. Yeah, there's always a way, right? We'll go ahead and wrap it up here. I really want to thank you again for coming on the show. It's been really awesome talking with you about your collection and your music and collabs and everything. We will be back again next week, same time. I will go ahead and turn it over to you to kind of play us out if you want. Anything you have coming up, anything you want people to know, anything you want them to support, sign us off. Oh, thank you, Tankman, for the demons. Thank you, Eggy, for working with me all this time. Thank you, Akuma. For all this shit and Gengen, you're a fucking prick. Fuck you. Same as you, Wardock, you're a prick as well. Conscious, you're a prick. And that's about it. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night.